Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Your Intentional Life podcast. Today, we are going to talk about my woo practices. So this is actually part two. The episode right before this, I talked about my journey into woo. So I talk about how I was raised Christian and how I kind of went through this whole process to open myself up to a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. So if that's interesting to you, go back and listen to that episode first. And then today what I'm going to dig into is all of the different things that I do on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis that are kind of considered woo, some of them more so than others. Um, And I will preference all of this by saying that I very much approach this now as an experiment. So I will um, pretty much hear what anybody has to say about woo and the things that they do. And if it works for me, then I will take it and see if I want to adopt it. And if it doesn't, then I'll just kind of let it move through. And that's the energy that I approach new things with. So I would encourage you, if you're going to listen to this with an open mind, to do the same, to see if there's something that jumps out to you. And if there's maybe one thing that you want to try or a couple things that you want to try, off of everything that I'm going to list out today. So that is where we're going. Let's dig in. Welcome to Your Intentional Life. I'm Brittany Bailey, and I am on a mission to build a seven-figure business without sacrificing the intentional life that I worked so hard to create. So far, I've been blessed to grow my business from the ground up, write for some amazing people, and work with some of the top marketing minds out there. But I am not done yet. Follow along as I take you behind the scenes in my business to talk about marketing, mindset, manifestation, and how intentional living plays into everything that I do. If you're anything like me, don't just let life happen to you. You're always curious, always learning, and always grabbing the reins. Service providers, coaches, course creators, and all kinds of intuitive entrepreneurs have a home here. So let's build your intentional life. Okay, so I am going to share all of the woo things that I do. And like I said in the intro, some of them are more so woo than others. Um, But I'm just going to list them out in really no particular order, just how they came to me when I was thinking about all the things that I incorporate in my life now. So you can kind of listen through and see if there's something that jumps out to you, if there's something that you want to try, if there's something you want to learn more about. Um, I'm going to go through them all. So first things first is crystals. This is something that is actually newer to me um, than most of everything else on my list, actually. So crystals are something that I'm just now starting to get into. And there's something that I'm really, really enjoying playing with. So right now on my desk, I have an amethyst. I have a clear quartz crystal. I have a citrine and I have a black tourmaline and a fluorite, I believe. Um, and so all of these crystals are kind of have, they have different intentions, different vibrations. And a little bit, some of this is going to get into uh, the law of vibration or the 12 laws of the universe, but crystals, essentially they have specific vibrations, just like everything in the world, everything has a vibration. And um, certain crystals are good for attracting certain things. So like amethyst, for instance, is the one that's the tallest crystal on my desk. And this one is for intention. It's for creativity, opening the third eye. It also is a really calming crystal. If you've seen it, it's like a very specific shade of purple. It kind of has just this very gentle presence to it. Um, and so I have one on my desk and I also have one in my bedroom that's bigger. 
A lot of people keep it in their bedroom or in spaces where they're going to relax, but it also has that intuition piece to it, which is why I have it on my desk because I always want to lead from a place of intuition in my business. And so it was important for that to be there for me. Um, The citrine is a very kind of like an all-purpose manifestation crystal, but it has kind of a sunshiny vibe. If you, like some people will call it the sunshine crystal and it has a very sunshiny vibe. It's actually heated from the earth. So um, that's what makes it, it's kind of like a yellowy color and that's what makes it that color. And so um, it has a very, very happy vibe. Like I love citrine. I have that in multiple places in my house. And then the clear quartz actually amplifies whatever it's near. And so that's why it's with that grouping. And then the black tourmaline is actually for EMF waves. Um, you really can have it by any electronic. So it reduces what you're intaking from that. It also kind of just reduces negative energy in general. And then the fluorite is for creativity. So these are the crystals that kind of jumped out to me. Um, just like I was telling you to do at the start of this episode, listen for things that jump out for you. This these are the crystals that jumped out to me when I was looking at crystals. I kind of was approaching it in the same way that I approach everything, very experimental, scrolling through some sites. And the citrine is actually the first one that popped out to me. And it was like, I had to have this crystal. It just popped out to me. And as soon as it shipped, I could start feeling its energy. I was like, okay, it's coming. Like I knew it was coming here. And I opened it and it's been sitting on my desk ever since. And I just have a very strong vibe with that one specifically, all of them. But that's how I picked the crystals. There's a lot of, you could go as deep as you want to go with crystals. Um, there is, you know, people who will talk about having crystal grids, which channels very specific energy, you put them in specific parts of your house. Um, there's a crystal called selenite, which I have in certain spots of my house. And a lot of people will have it in like the four corners. It's a very purification crystal. Um, so you really can go as far as you want to go with crystals. I have at this point in my life, I'm really just going with the ones that I'm drawn to. I'm grouping them in ways that feel right to me. I'm not necessarily doing a ton of research on like the right spot for them in the house and everything. I'm sure I can amplify them, but I'm going with what feels right in this place. And I've definitely noticed that I feel more grounded. I feel more intuitive. Sometimes I'll take one and I'll manifest with it or I'll meditate with it um, if I feel called to do that. So I'm kind of just in this experimental phase with crystals, but I'm loving them. The next thing is sage. And this actually kind of relates to, to the crystals, but sage is something that you can burn. So white sage is usually what's burned and you can burn it to do a lot of different things. So one of the first ways that I started using it was to remove energy from the house, negative energy from the house or my space. So you can do that by kind of opening all your windows, opening your doors, and then you light it and it kind of smudges out immediately. So you light it and the the flame actually goes away and you're just left with a smudge. Like some people call it a smudge stick. Um, And so what you do is you walk around your house and you go up the walls, you open cabinet doors, you open closets, you go under things, you kind of like picture all of the stale, negative, stagnant energy that's in your house and you send it out the windows, you send it out your doors. And so you can do that just by visualizing it. You can do it by saying affirmations. I have affirmations that I say as I do it. Um, And it really... Truly, I've shared this story before. This is one of the first like prove it 
quote unquote moments that I had was with Sage where Tim had no idea that I had been saging and he walked in and stopped in his tracks and was like, wow, it feels really good in here. Um, so I'm a really, really firm believer in sage. And so this is something that I do. I will do that full process at least once a month where I open like all the windows in the house and I go through and I'm very thorough about it. I try to sage at least once a week my workspace, if not more. Um, if I just feel like I need to, I will. And then the way that it relates to crystals is you can actually sage your crystals to cleanse them. So crystals, they absorb energies and it depends on the different crystals like selenite doesn't absorb as much as some of the other more porous crystals, but you're going to want to clean your crystals. And so one of the ways that you can do that is by saging them. You can also do it by putting them in a salt bath, putting them, um, be careful which ones you do that with, but putting them near a um, healthy plant, putting them out in the sun. There's certain ways you can do it, but I usually sage just because I already have the sage out. So I will sage crystals. I'll sage my workspace. If I need to, when I was writing a lot more, I would sage in between clients sometimes. Like if I was writing for someone who was very different than another client and I felt like I had kind of stepped into their space and I was writing for them and I needed to totally change um, states to get to a different client and a different way that they viewed the world, I would sage sometimes like just right near my computer. So that's something that I do a lot. I have sage burning right now. It doesn't burn that all long. So you kind of have to keep re- relighting it if you want it just in your air. Uh, but I'm a big, big believer in sage. The next thing is affirmations. So I've mentioned affirmations a few times already. You can really use them whenever and wherever. So I will do it as I'm saging. I have affirmations stuck under some of my crystals. Um, So right now I'm manifesting a specific financial goal by November 11th. And so I have that under some of my crystals just written down, Um, which can kind of go into manifestation there. There's some blurry lines in between the two, but affirmations are really like more I statements. So like, for instance, one one of my affirmations is I am healthy right? And so, yes, that's technically manifesting health also, but it's more of a, it's an affirmation in this way, the way that I use it in meditation, the way that I have it under, you know, my crystals, that's more of a affirmation. So I am healthy is one of them. Um, We have a, my husband and I have an affirmation, long, happy, and healthy. Like that's how we want our life to be, long, happy, and healthy. The best is yet to come is an affirmation that I have. My success is inevitable. Um, So I kind of just have these affirmations and sometimes I will write them out. Sometimes I have them in sticky notes. Um, Sometimes I just repetitively think them like a mantra during my um, meditation. I kind of just use them how I see fit. There's a sign um, on my desk that says um, the best is yet to come. So I have that, you know, there. There's I actually have it also written in our bedroom above the sliding glass door. I got like a vinyl sticker that has it. So I kind of just have them throughout the house and I use them as a C fit. So now I want to talk about gratitude. And this is something that is not quite as woo. I guess it is in a way, but I have really started to take on the energy of gratitude and use it to manifest things. So I guess it is pretty woo. Um, So one thing that I do is when I feel any sort of resistance towards money or towards spending money, 
I immediately slip into a space of gratitude or I try to slip into a space of gratitude. So if I get our electric bill or the Amex bill or whatever it is, I very intentionally will think, thank you for letting me have the money to pay for this. Thank you that I had electricity this month and that we have AC in the summer in Florida. And I immediately try to get into the state of gratitude that I'm able to spend this money. And I've definitely noticed a shift in how I receive and spend money when I started to put a really big focus on having gratitude for bills and having gratitude for the ability to pay things, gratitude for the ability to have auto payments. Like I remember a point in my life when I didn't have auto payments set up because I wasn't sure that I was going to have the money in my debit account to pull out for the for the bill, right? So I just send up gratitude for like all these little things where, you know, if our electric bill is $10 more than I think it's going to be, it doesn't break the bank or cause me to withdraw, right? Overdraw. So I have really, really started to feel into the space of gratitude whenever I get any opportunity to spend money. And that has definitely helped with my money mindset. It's helped with the way that I receive money. And it's helped me kind of slip into more of an abundant state. I also do this when I am in a launch period or selling. I'm very, very grateful every time I get a notification that someone bought the course or that someone signed up for something. I immediately send like a very intentional gratitude towards that person towards that notification. This is something uh, Catherine Zinkina was talking about in one of her recent podcast episodes. She has Manifestation Babe podcast. It's really good. I listen to that. It's on my on my list of podcasts I listen to. Um, so she was talking about how her and her husband actually, they say, thank you so-and-so every single time they get a sign up. Like they will pause and they will audibly be like, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, so-and-so. Like they automatically say that. Um, I haven't quite gotten to that point yet, but it's the same concept where you are just so thankful every time someone signs up with you. Now, gratitude has been a really, really big part of my practice, and um, I definitely don't see that going away. So next, we're going to talk about essential oils. So this is a little less woo, I would say. Um, it's something that I remember my mom using back in the day. It was, um, she used it more for like practical things where, you know, to not get sick or if you had like a cut or a burn or um, to, you know, clear your sinuses out, whatever it was. I use them now in those ways also, but also when I am meditating or doing yoga or wanting to get into a creative state, one of my favorite things to do is um, if I'm needing to get really creative or feel like really focused, I will do some sort of citrus, so like a lemon or wild orange with peppermint. Like that combination for some reason is really, really good for me to keep me focused. When I go to sleep, I do lavender. I, dif I diffuse lavender in our bedroom. Sometimes I'll add like one drop of peppermint into that. Is I love peppermint. I always smell like peppermint. If you've met me in person, I always smell like peppermint. I love the peppermint essential oil. It's my favorite. Um, but so I will do that as I, as we sleep. Um, I always have it diffusing. Like when we have people over, I'll have like a very calming diffuser going. So I use essential oils at least once a day. Um, I'm not super like married to a brand. I use doTERRA and Young Living. Um, 
but I, I love essential oils. They're one of the first kind of gateways that I had into this whole thing other than yoga. Okay. So next we're going to talk about meditation and I have been so resistant to meditation, I guess is the right word. I have a really, really active mind. My mind is pretty much always running when I'm awake and when I'm asleep, it feels like, but it is always going. My mind is always going a hundred miles an hour. Um, I'm very quiet. So you don't always see that, but it is always going. I'm always thinking of different things. I'm always, um, anticipating the next thing. I'm always going and meditation has been torturous for me. Absolutely torturous because I can't, um, imagine slowing my brain down long enough to focus on one thing, but that's exactly why I need meditation. So I have more and more forced myself in a way to get into meditation. And as I have, I've realized that there's guided meditation and guided meditation is a lot easier for me to follow because I can, it's where to focus my energy is actually being told to me rather than I have to just keep physically like pulling my brain out of the, um, out of the kind of rat race of my brain into a, a, an observer state of mind that takes a lot of effort to keep kind of pulling yourself back into observer. Whereas if you are in a guided meditation, it's kind of easier to follow because you're a little more guided in it. Um, so I have done guided meditations to relax, to sleep, to do all these different things. But one of the most recent things I've done is a guided meditation to meet my higher self. And that was so cool. So I did this, um, I've done it actually two separate times in two separate ways. So one of them, which is a YouTube video, um, there's a guy named Aaron Dowdy and he has a YouTube channel, um, and an Instagram where he's always posted, like he posts I don't even know how he posts this much content. He's always on and he has some great meditations on YouTube. So he did a, um, he did a meditation where you meet your, your higher self. And if you're not familiar with this concept, we essentially, there is the belief that your higher self is your soul. It's the part of you that knows why you are incarnated on this earth. It knows what your true purpose is. It knows all, right? It's your true self is another way to say it. Higher self, true self, whatever. Um, And then really the other part of us is our ego. And so that's the part of us that is, um, quote, keeping us alive on this earth, essentially. Um, It's the part that's always scanning for danger, for threats. It's trying to keep us safe, trying to get us to play um, small in a way because that's the safety part of it, right? It's not an evil part of ourselves, but it does end up kind of stunting our growth in a way if we don't tap back into our higher self to understand, okay, this is coming from a place of scarcity, whereas our higher self is coming from a place of abundance. So that's kind of like really quick what the two parts of us are. But um, so I did this meditation to meet my higher self. And it was really, really interesting. He kind of took us through this whole thing. You know, you go down the staircase and you, um, you meet your higher self. And I was presented with this picture of my higher self. And the really interesting thing is I did a meditation later with my mindset coach, Helen, and I was presented with essentially the same picture. I went a lot deeper in this meditation because it was, um, I don't actually even know how long it was, but it was longer than the one I did on YouTube. So it was longer. I actually got to go and sit with her, but it was a very, very similar picture. And it was so interesting to me um, to kind of get that validation because I didn't have it in my head as I was going into it. Um, and so I've definitely am going more and more into these, um, 
spaces more and more into meditation, more and more into specifically communicating with my higher self during meditation. And so um, that's something that I'm getting more into, but I, I really, really recommend meditation as a whole, even if you don't want to go down that path, you can definitely do meditation that's just specific for focus or specific for calming racing thoughts or sleep or all these different things. Um, it was a really, this was a, a pivotal point for me when I was kind of jumping into my woo journey. And I don't remember if I mentioned this in the other episode, but um, they've done a lot of scans of what people um, like the activity in people's brains when they're meditating versus not meditating. And it's, there's a, there's an actual difference. It's a scientific thing. So if you look at, you know, someone's mind before they meditate and then after it's so it's calm and focused and you can actually physically see it. And so if you are still kind of on the fence of some of this, or if you're more like logic based meditation is a great place to start because there's some actual just scientific benefits for it. Um, you can also check out 10% happier. I think that's the name of his podcast, Dan Harris. Um, he used to be an anchor for ABC. He had a panic attack on live air on air. And, uh, he went down this path of meditation and what would it be? How, how much would it help me if it only gave me 10% better? Like if it only improved my life 10%, what could it do? And so he went down this whole path. He has a whole meditation, like empire. Uh, so if you're interested, you could check him out as well. Okay. So this is something that I do every single time I am on my computer for the most part when I'm working and I listen to, um, beats or I think they're called binarial beats. Um, and basically it's, if you've heard of brain FM, that's, um, essentially what they built their platform on. They have apparently a specific thing that they layer in with the beats. So I don't know exactly what, um, what that is, but I just go to YouTube and I just do like beats for focus. Um, And so this is something that I do when I am especially like really into a project that I have to research for. Like if it's somebody who I don't totally know or they represent something that I'm not totally familiar with, then um, I will go through and put these on so that I can kind of step into that space and research more. They really, really help my focus. It's like measured for me. I don't, I have absolutely zero question that this works. I also will use... Um, you can do hang drum music or, um, any kind of really beat music, but they have, so music has Hertz is how they measure, um, sound. Right. And so like a 432 Hertz is a very kind of cleansing healing Hertz. Um, and you can kind of mess around with the different, like I know like 536 is a good channel, Um, and then if you go higher, you can really start to like purge out some things. So if you're meditating, you can go high, like 800, 811 and start to, um, really like things will come up really fast for you if you're using that frequency. So it's the same premise as everything else that everything has a frequency. And so this is just using it in sound, right? And so it's something that I really, really, uh, am a strong believer of. I will always have music playing, sound playing, and I'm paying attention to the hurts and paying attention to um, how it's making my body feel. And I will adjust it as needed. I'll have it while I'm working. Like I mentioned, I use my Bose headset so that it's all around me. And then sometimes during the day, during the weekends, especially for just kind of hanging out, I'll have like lo-fi playing on the, the TV and just coming out the TV speakers um, or hang drum music. That's a really good one for meditation or yoga 
um, if you've taken a yoga class, you probably have listened to hang drum music. You just didn't know that's what you're listening to. So um, I'm a strong, strong believer in sound and beats. Okay, so yoga. If you listened to the last episode, you know yoga was kind of my gateway drug into this whole uh, space. And it really connected me back with my, my true self. And so this is something that I do at least twice a week. At least I'm not perfect at it. Sometimes I do it a lot more if I'm feeling like I need to. And sometimes I don't necessarily feel the need to do it. But on average, I try to do it a couple of times a week. And it's not just yoga. It's not just like doing a thing. So I do vinyasa yoga is mostly what I end up doing, um, which is you move in accordance with your breath. So like you'll inhale and do something and then you might stay there for a couple breaths. You might move. Um, Some classes will get pretty fast because you're changing uh, poses every time you breathe. Um, and sometimes you'll be still while you're breathing. So that's usually the kind of yoga that I do. And as I do it, I am very present and I'm thankful for my body allowing me to do it. And I'm also trying to get really, it, it really is a grounding activity for me. So, um, if you've ever felt like very kind of flighty or like you're kind of floating out into space or you can't quite like conceptualize ideas or you can't quite um, get anything to come into fruition in the world, like you're just kind of like living in your head or you're just not really like all present, you need to be grounded. And so yoga is a really, really good activity for grounding. Um, And it's interesting because in the medical world if someone has if someone's having a panic attack like in a hospital or like somewhere that's not you know woo based at all they'll do things that actually ground they don't know that that's what they're doing but they will ground people back to the presence by saying you know okay what can you see what can you smell what can you touch what can you hear um they try to get them to use all their senses and it pulls them back into their body yoga actually does that that's a lot of um why yoga works for anxiety it brings you back into your self, right? Because you are focusing on your breath. You're focusing on staying up. You're focusing on your core. You're focusing on all these things. And it's calling attention to parts of your body that need to be, that need to have a pe- attention called to them. So that's a really big reason that yoga works. And that's why I try to do it um, a couple times a week so that I can always stay present into what my body is needing for me. And also so that I can just keep being thankful for the ability to have that, like going back up to the gratitude, um, you know, just that I can get on the mat and do these things without pain or without, um, you know, losing my balance, that kind of thing. So just being really grateful for my body, I will do that as I'm doing yoga as well. Okay, so um, now we're going to talk about tapping. I've talked about this on Instagram multiple times. Emotional freedom technique or emotional freedom tapping is essentially tapping on these points throughout your body. And I have noticed a massive difference with this. It really has stopped with, um, it has stopped racing thoughts for me. It has stopped um that's a big thing for me. It's really big. I talked about that with the meditation above. Um, stopped racing thoughts. It's helped me focus. It's helped me work some things out. You know, sometimes you can't really tell what's wrong. You just feel weird or bad or 
like depressed or annoyed or whatever it is, tapping can kind of help unrelease that. And so essentially what you do is you tap on these parts of your body. And so like the first one is called a karate chop. And so it's the side of your, your hand like where you would like karate chop, right? Um, So you're tapping with your two fingers and you tap there and you tap three times. You kind of set your intention and then you go the crown of your head, the uh, part of your eyebrow right next to your your nose. Then you go right alongside the uh, part of your eye, the outside of your eye, right under your eye, like where um, an under eye bag would be. Um, And then you go under your nose your chin, your collarbone, and then you also can go like the top of your rib cage. If you go to my Instagram at Brittany Bailey and you look at the anxiety highlight, I take you through a couple different variations of that. As you're tapping, you are going through and you're releasing energy, you're releasing thoughts, you're really ch- releasing um all these things that are going on in your mind. Like I said, if you are are pent up and you're like trying to figure out what's going on, I have definitely had moments where I was tapping and it was like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm really angry about this. And I didn't even really, I couldn't, I wouldn't have had that emotion present of mind. Maybe I was feeling just like depressed or blah or off or whatever. And it like kind of unlocked like, oh yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm, oh yeah, no, I'm actually really angry about this, right? And so it kind of like, as you're working your way through these points, you will notice things will come up and you kind of are releasing them as they come up. You can also tap to set intentions. You know, like I'm so, even though I'm feeling unfocused, I I know that I'm getting more and more focused every second. Or even though I'm feeling scattered, I know that my attention is honing in more and more every second, right? Like you can kind of like set these intentions as you're tapping. So um, by the end, like you've just repetitively been like, I'm getting more focused every second, every second I'm more focused. Like you kind of come out on the other side um, after saying that affirmation over and over and over and tapping in these spots, feeling more focused, right? Tapping has been huge for me. It also is a good um, I might just say alternative to meditation because I believe that we still need to do meditation, but it's a good entryway to meditation is the right way to say it um, because it's active. And so you're not quite as like, if you're resistant, like I was to just sitting, um, it's a little more active. It happens faster too. Like I usually will do three sets and then more if I need to, but at least three sets and it doesn't take that all long, right? So you can kind of start to get the benefits of calming your mind and getting some things cleared out um, without sitting for, you know, 20 minutes to do a meditation. And so um, I really am a firm believer of tapping. And like I said, you can go to my Instagram and find, and I will, because it's kind of hard audio wise, you can see me actually doing it. And I have a picture of my face where I put the actual dots um, so you know where to tap. Another thing that I do is I journal. And this is something that I had resistance to. I had resistance to all this. I could probably just stop saying that. But uh, I was really resistant to journaling because I, it was, it felt like a lot of work. It felt like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, spell everything right and make my handwriting right and make sure I don't smudge anything. Like I had a perfectionistic tendency to it. Um, And when I released that, I started to understand the benefit of journaling. And so I'm going through right now, I'm going through a 31 day um, money challenge with James Budmore. And he had us get our own journal for this course specifically. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm following the process exactly, right? So I do it 
And it's been so interesting and helpful for me to have just this, all of this blank space to journal everything that's coming up for me about money and mindset and how it relates to business and my personal life and bills and all these different things. It's been so helpful for me to have that space. And so he is giving prompts, which is what I definitely recommend if you're new to journaling, um, to, to get prompts so that you kind of have like a a direction in which you're going. It's a little bit like the guided meditation, right? So you're not just sitting down with a blank sheet of paper, like what do I journal? You can have prompts. So he, for instance, today was giving us these scenarios about money. Like how would you feel if I told you to hire a housekeeper for X number of dollars a month? What comes up for you? And so I wrote this whole page, like this is what comes up for me. And it was really helpful for me to have that space. Um, you can also do something called automatic thoughts. And this is a really interesting concept where um, going back to our higher self, what we were talking about with the uh, meditation and kind of the ego versus the higher self, this is a way to connect with your higher self. It's also a way to connect with your spirit guides, with angels. So this is something that I haven't talked about yet in this, um, but we have guides in all of our decision-making processes and everything, we have access to guides and wisdom of the universe. And so with um, journaling, you can actually channel that as well. So automatic thoughts would be like, you would sit down with your journal and you would kind of ask yourself a question or ask a question of the universe. And then you would just start writing and it might be gibberish. It might be, um, you know, a, a lot of people say that at first it is gibberish, like you're just like blue door, whatever. Like you start just kind of writing these things out and then slowly it will start to, um, change and you'll start to get some actual info. And so I worked with a client who was a firm believer. She did automatic journaling every morning. She ran her business based on her, um, insights that she got from automatic journaling. I haven't done it as much. But um, that's definitely a way that you can go. You can also do um, maybe the non-woo version of this would be, um, so Julie Stoyan has uh, something that she calls worry dumps. And so she'll talk about, um, she has like her paper whiteboard method where she has this big paper whiteboard. Essentially, it's a big um, notebook. And so um, she'll like just worry dump everything that is going on through her head and kind of just get it all onto paper. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. Um, And then you can kind of go back and see if there's validity to those worries or if they're just kind of things that are haunting you, running through your mind. Um, So however you want to take it, but journaling is a really, really good multi-purpose tool that you can use in a lot of different ways. And so I definitely wanted to include it here. Okay, now we're going to talk about manifestation, manifesting. So this is... um, interesting because I could do countless episodes on manifesting, but what I want to talk about in this scenario is that um, for me, manifesting didn't totally click until I understood its role in the universe. And so that's what I want to touch on here. So there are actually 12 different laws of the universe and manifesting, which is the law of attraction, is actually just one. And so when I saw it in place. And like I said, there's going to be part three of this episode with the 12 laws. So we'll get more in depth with that. But when I saw it in place with the rest of the laws, it all made sense. There's all these different laws of the universe and manifesting is just this one piece of it. And so everything that I talk about actually 
is manifestation. So manifestation is this like blanket term that kind of gets applied to all these different things. People are like, oh, just manifest it. And what it actually is, what manifestation actually is at the root of it is getting into a vibe of something that you want. So there's the law of vibration, which is the law that everything in this world has a vibration, money, success, control, all these different things, good things and bad things. They all have vibrations, even inanimate objects, right? Um, Everything has a vibration. So the manifestation or the law of attraction is essentially um, like vibrations attract like vibrations. And so if you are vibrating at the frequency of success and clarity and focus, then you are going to attract success and clarity and focus in the ways of people who come, you come across in the ways of um, actual success, right? In monetary ways, that's essentially what it is. And so all of the things that I mentioned are I do in order to get me into states that help me manifest things that I want. So this is really like, it's both the root and the core of it. And it's also the result of everything that, that we talked about, right? So like the crystals, they are vibrating in certain frequencies. They're helping me get the intuition, the clarity, the creativity that I want, right? The sage, like all the things that we went through, the affirmations, the gratitude, the meditation, the yoga, the tapping, all of that keeps me in a vibration that I want to be in. And being in that vibration gets me the results in my business and in my personal life that I want. So manifestation is kind of the the root of it all, but it also is just the tip of the iceberg when you think about all the different ways that the universe works. And so that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. This is, like I said, part two. So um, next time what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the different, the 12 different laws of the universe. And we're going to talk about how manifestation plays into those laws. So if you are trying to manifest something particular, or if you're just interested in manifestation in this world and how to use it for your business and how to use it for your personal life, whatever the case may be, I encourage you to check out this next episode because I'm really going to go into not only this piece of it, but how it interacts with the other 11 laws and how you can actually leverage those to actually get results and not just walk around and be like, yeah, manifestation, cool. It's this fluffy thing to actually understand the way that it works in the world and the scientific side of it. So that is what I have for you. Hopefully this is helpful as you are exploring this world. If you're wanting to get more into woo, if you're just looking for some new ideas, if you are already totally on the woo train, um, no matter what the case may be, hopefully this was helpful for you. If something jumped out at you, like I said, I encourage you to do some research and see if it's something that you want to experiment with. I love you guys. I hope you're having an awesome day whenever you're listening to this. And I'll talk soon. How would you like to learn the skill I used to go from burned out service provider to in control business owner? In email copy school, I'll teach you how to master both the science and the art of this in demand skill so you can serve your clients better, get more consistent work, and charge premium prices. Join us now at emailcopyschool.com. And remember, early bird bonuses are only around for a short time. So be sure to head over to emailcopyschool.com to secure your spot now.